Klein. This is Karen from Soterian, and you're listening to the SAP Security and GRC podcast with host Dudley Cartwright, helping you on your journey to effective access risk management in SAP. In today's episode, we'll explain the phrase access risk is business risk and advise why business users are better suited to be the owners of access risk rather than IT. We'll also provide a list of actions to enhance business buy-in and accountability of access risk management activities. We'll be joined by Emil Stein from Soterian and Quintus Hogart from Linkies Consulting. Thank you for joining us. So guys, maybe just uh, to, to begin, you know, you know the, the statement there of access risk is business risk, I guess that's come about because for many organizations, the responsibility of access risk management has fallen on the organization's IT teams. And I think a lot of the time it's due to the complex nature of SAP security, also the complex or technical nature of the GRC or access control solutions that make these access risk management activities quite difficult uh, for the business users. And the more complex or the more technical they are, often the more business resistance you have to these type of activities. And ultimately that responsibility ends up lying with, with the IT teams. So the, the audit fraternity obviously have an issue with this. They say or believe that it is not the best way for an organization to manage their risk, that the IT is responsible or accountable for access risk. They're saying it's business risk. The business must be responsible for it. They must take accountability um, for it. Maybe then just to start off with, uh, Quintus, do you want to just, why are the business users better suited to be the owners of the access risk? Why is access risk considered business risk? Now, thank you, Dudley. I think two things that you brought up, you, know, uh, you brought up firstly is the accountability. Um, like you said, rightly so, the auditors say we, the accountable business is accountable for it. So to get that responsibility and accountability at the same point, um, that's, that's, that's where it, it should lie. You also talked about the challenges, you know, that you talked about um, technical, that, um, you know, it's quite technical uh, and makes it, there's a bit of resistance for business. But there's also the, the, the business awareness towards risk that different, uh, at different departments and different, you know, industries. Um, so the, the idea of, of having the, the business own the risk, and that's where like the tides erode, you know, that's where the most informed decision can be made about risk. Uh, many times we found that, you know, the, the, uh, business owners are also, they're responsible for the controls. So you can't have a person responsible for the controls, but not being for the risk, not accountable for the risks. So that's why those two join, and that happens normally with the tie to road, and that's where the business is, and not an IT department, where by default it all normally ends to. So it's a valid concern from, from the order of yeah. the fertility. And I suppose then for many organizations, they've had super users or key users that have been with the organization for 15, 20 years those users have got a very good understanding of the business, of the area and the business process associated with, with that area, the risks associated with, with that area. So, you know, they, they are very well placed. Uh, the business users are very well placed to, to make those decisions as to whether the ability to maybe create a purchase order and release a purchase order. It's the business users that are best placed to understand what that risk impact is on the organization compared to possibly some uh, users within IT who don't have necessarily a sort of holistic view of the organization and uh, what, what potentially the, the risk impact of uh, some of those access risk violations could be to the organization. 
but that's also often why we use the free lines of defense to explain this, uh, you know, to customers and say, the organization we use is typically your first line of defense. And because of their knowledge, you know, that should be your strongest point. So after organization we use is you don't want to be, uh, have audits or the risk departments flagging items. You want to enable those people that know the business the best. You want to enable them to make those uh, more effective decisions. So the question, I guess, thing is, yeah, how do we how do we do that? Dudley, um, in terms of you know, uh, if if the business that that knowledge that you said of a person being for 30, 20 years in the company, um, I think it's very important that you get the business actually also to capture um, that knowledge because you know sometimes when those people leave, and that's that's controls and risks that's lying in the business, and they they've got all this knowledge. And without a, a, a tool or you know way to capture this and way to um, get this information co- um, recorded, um, we 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 normally use the words we're going to harvest that knowledge from the business and put it in, and, and and that's where that knowledge to make the informed decision is captured also by giving them the ownership and then getting that that uh, documented around those risk controls. Yeah, look, definitely. Uh, Emil, just maybe getting back to you, your point there of the three lines of defense. And I, I guess if you can empower your business users, which would be your first line of defense, if you were to use an analogy of, of a sort of a, an army, those are people, as Quintus said, you know, that's where the tie hits the ground. Those are the people that are on the front line. They're seeing how stock moves through the warehouse, et cetera. They have a good understanding of it. And it's also just for an organization, it just means you've got more people on the front line if you can empower your business users, where if you're relying solely on your second line of defense, which would be your IT, your risk and compliance departments, or external audit, it's a much smaller set of people that are then empowered to try and identify the risk. So for an organization, if you can empower a large number of people, business users to be be, be risk aware and looking for things that look look uh, wrong or don't you know look suspect, et cetera, uh, a much stronger position for the organization to be in rather than just relying on you know a few people sitting in a, a risk and compliance department or, or waiting for the annual external audit to to take place. If we move then to Possibly the next question is, so wh- why traditionally has it been so difficult for organizations to get the business users to, to become accountable? You, you know, why is this an activity that, you know, often sits with IT and hasn't been successfully, in many occasions, hasn't been successfully sort of that responsibility shifted to the business users where there's proper business buy-in, business accountability of, of access risks, you know, um, what are some of the, the challenges that, that we've seen? Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe start with that one and say Quintus already mentioned ownership and I think it's often that we see uh, that how risks are being presented to the bus- to the business that it's not pr- being provided to them in a, in, a, in a usable format. So and part, part of that is that the rule set that is being used. So we've mentioned in other sessions that the rule set is effectively the risks that's important to the business. So and and allowing them to uh, make a decision on whether the risk is important to them that will uh, enable them t- to take ownership. And what we have seen is with using a generic tool or generic rule set, as often those rule sets are not applicable to to the uh, to the business, and uh, that makes it very difficult then for them to take ownership and effectively make decisions on that. Also, it is definitely the technicality in how it's presented. 
<clears throat> but there's also different risk awareness, as I mentioned earlier, on um, you know different uh, different departments. Uh, you were mentioning, you know, that the warehouse guy is fully aware of, you know, of, of the stock movements and stuff. Uh, I love the example of a, a client I've been at where the warehouse manager, once we made it visible, coming back to Emil's point, the visibility of who had access to which movement types, and he realized who can write stock off and who can, you know, do good receipts and who can move stuff around. Once he knew that and we made it visible, this guy was like really taking ownership and he was like defending his movement types like a lion nest defending his, his, his cups, you know. Nobody gets access to my critical movement types. I can see who they are and I'll take control of it. That tremendously helped to to just push that control over and he had visibility. Previously, he didn't know, you know, who had access to to, to which movement types. And, and then, you know, uh, I'm coming you know, uh, also from the SD background from, you know, from a functional consultant. And I challenged always with the marketing guys, you know, these guys were just chasing marketing figures out there, you know, uh, they weren't worried about risk. It's the last thing in their mind, you know, and I find the same in the production guys. Production guys chase production figures. That's that's what they measured against. So so they know that they measure against how much they sell, how much they produce. Where, so, so risk is not on their, in their radar at all. So you, now you're bringing something to them. Number one, they can't understand because it's something the IT is pushing on them. But where I do find is back to Mills point also, you know, the various levels of, of, of if you present it right, but also certain people like in the finance department, in the, in the HR department, they're more risk aware, the procurement guys. There's an easier uptake. Ownership goes a bit easier in those departments. But other guys, you do have the challenge, like the musketeers yeah. and the marketeers, you know. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing here, so a combination of things. So within the organization, there's going to be different levels of business buy-in within the same organization, yes. possibly your finance teams, your HR teams, a little bit more risk-aware, better business buy-in there compared to maybe your production guys, your sales guys, more target-driven uh, than, than, than risk-driven. So maybe there's a bit of an activity where there's just educating uh, yes. those users within the organization um, that, that, that they all appreciate risk with the, with this at the same, or manage the risk at, at the same level. The other point that Emil raised, which I think is a very valid and an important yeah. point, is I suppose difficult to get the business to buy in until the business users have understood and agree with the rule set. You know, Emil mentioned that that if if a company is using an out the box rule set and there's some risk there that the business users don't quite understand or they don't agree with, difficult to enforce buy in if you don't believe in the rules in which monitoring will be measured against. So, I think. You know, we're very vocal about this uh, ourselves, and we, we've spoken about this in an, another podcast where customizing the rule set is such an important activity for a lot of organizations that maybe lack maturity in the space. We even recommend, say, cut that rule set down, rather manage 50 risks effectively rather than trying to manage 300 risks. So, you know, understand where your GRC maturity is. But, Emil, your point there of getting the rule set right is a, a great starting point, I think, with in, in ensuring you get the necessary business buy-in. Uh, if the business users don't understand the rule sets or the risks that, that's been measured or don't agree with them, uh, then there is going to be resistance uh, from the business and they, they're just not going to agree with, with the re results being reported on. Um, and then you also just mentioned there that also the way in which those res results are presented is also important. If, if those results, the access risk reports are presented to the, the business users in a way that's not business friendly, uh, that, that where it's, if it's pretty technical, very complex, difficult to sort of interpret those reports, again, there's going to be some resistance from the business users because it's just difficult for them to, to understand what is the risk impact because those reports are just not 
presenting the results in a in a manner in which they can understand. So I guess a, a very important uh, aspect there is how business friendly is your GRC solution? Does it make sense to to the the, the business users? Um, okay, I guess the one area that we we haven't really touched on too much is is around ownership, and maybe I can just throw this to you guys and say. You know, we we often see that this is a huge challenge for many organisations that that we we deal with. On the one side, obviously, the ownership should sit with 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 the business unit users. That's what the whole uh, podcast is about. But the the reality is, a lot of the aspects of of sort of governance compliance are so technical and so complex that they don't lend themselves uh, to to be taken. You know, the the business don't don't want to take ownership of it because of the complexity of it. And and so the solutions and the processes, possibly we need to look at splitting ownership and saying, okay, IT, you're responsible for the process and the solutions. Are they reporting correctly? Are the results being presented in a in a in a sort of friendly manner? But obviously then the business take ownership then of the decision making process. Um what 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 are the ways in which have you have you guys seen organizations manage the the challenge around ownership where one on the one side all aspects of governance, risk, and compliance are technical and complex, um, and lends itself more to the IT guys to to understand and manage. But the results that come out of those reports are, are decisions that should be taken by the business users. I'll uh, make a first comment, and Quintus, feel free to add on to that. But um, what we have, that you mentioned, the authorizations are quite technical and or and or assigning permissions to users in now with s4 and using of cloud applications that's actually becoming even more complex so for for a business user to understand all of those different uh different systems different complexities that come with that even if if they get all of the information or it's made be made available to them, it's often difficult for them to understand all the technical items that's involved with that. So instead of relying solely on the IT, uh, what a lot of companies are doing, they 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 instead or installing a person that fulfills a position between IT and business to help them interpret data and uh, help them and advise them on what is the impact of a specific risk. How do they, how do they address it? How do they uh, have an effective control to uh, to manage that risk in place? And uh, I think that's where a lot of companies are, are moving towards is to s- still shifting reliance away from IT, moving it to business, but there is a person that has a more technical understanding that yeah. is performing a supporting function. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Dudley, the, the the two points is obviously getting a a, a product that's that's business centric, uh, focus on presenting the risk in a, in a in a way that the business can understand. That is a tremendous help. But but back to Emil's point, actually, the risk department or the that that person that position is created there between IT. Um, uh, it, it's quite important that uh, it's actually the business own. Uh, they owe it to the guys who they now trying to give this accountability, and they need to be a bit of a handholding and you know encouraging and explaining and getting the business to uh, you know to, to ownership. It's a process of moving that away from uh, the IT side into the business, or not just dumping it with the business and say, "Well, there, off you go." You need to help those guys and and understand and unpack that so that they the ownership can. I think you know one of our previous sessions we talked about the fact about the risk rules customization. And that's a, also a very nice, uh, good process 
to help the uh, understand and getting that knowledge over uh, ownership over to that. So the combination is really uh, help the business um, by giving somebody who's got the knowledge and uh, get them, you know, on your side. Uh, and there we talked about it. Obviously, it's easier for certain yeah. departments to yeah, take right. ownership and others. And then also making sure that you have a, a present the results in a, in a way that business can can, yeah, can understand and own it. And, and I guess then a big part of this is educating the business users on the risks that they can understand it and, and be able to make decisions off the back of that. So we've also spoken previously and we speak a lot around the importance of policies and procedures and, and spending the time of defining what are the, the various policies, procedures around all the use cases associated with the access risk management activities. And Emil, we've seen how well that's worked because that does serve as sort of a standing operating procedure for the business users that they understand what is expected of them. Um, what what tasks need to be done, what's the frequency of, of that. But that does go a long way to assisting with this education, with letting the business users know what is expected of them and how are they meant to achieve or perform the, the tasks that they're responsible for. Yes, no, that's understand. So what what we do see is companies that that don't have that clearly defined process in place that there's that that is actually what also helps in in uh, in the ownership of of risk. So once that policy has been clearly defined, and, and maybe a, a very important item there to consider is that a company shouldn't try and implement a policy or a procedure that is not achievable for them. It should be something that they can actually achieve. You mentioned I mentioned an example of managing fifty risks instead of three hundred. That could be a policy decision to say. We're focusing on critical and high risks that we can manage these effectively, ensure we've got mitigating controls in place, and that can then be clearly defined in the policy to uh, advise yeah. them on what should they be focusing on first. I think, Emil, that standard operating procedures also help. Once you once the business accepted the the the, uh, the the fact that they're accountable, responsible for it, then of course, if you if you do go across different business processes. Uh, say from you know a uh, procurement uh, purchase order to a vendor master in the accounts payable, you know then then the ownership um, can be decentralized a bit further. Uh, and normally, what you know the guidance I normally try to give the client is: listen, focus your master data section of the risk. Um, you know, the, and that's the, from a control perspective, the easier to put controls in, but also split those risks up in ownership in the business based on the function. So if you have uh, two functions in conflict. Um, make each of those functions because it is across the different business processes. So make the procurement owner responsible for the budget order approvals and then obviously for the vendor master details, if that's the risk, um, let, uh, make those owners. So, so the combination once a business and, and that's an operating procedures normally makes it quite clear, you know, where the ownership is. Because uh, you sometimes have a debate between when it comes to cross, cross business process risks. That the the business are saying, but well, who actually owns this risk? You know, because we is in two different areas, and that's where the function ownership becomes in quite yeah. handy uh, and accepted. Yeah. And I guess that's always going to be a challenge for almost all the segregation of duties because it's always uh, one function from one business process, often in conflict and with a function from another uh, business process, or you know, often two completely different departments uh, within the organisation. So finding a logical owner for the one risk can be a challenge itself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think then just just summarize then, um, you know, what what, the, what do we see then as as the solution? Uh, Emil, you mentioned 
look at the rule set, make sure that the business users agree with the rules that, that are, are, you know, are applicable or relevant to the organization. Less is more in many occasions. Um, two, we've mentioned, you know, find a, if possible, find a, an access control solution that presents the results in a business-friendly manner in a way in which the biz converts that technical GLC language into a business-friendly language that will facilitate more informed, quicker decision-making by, by business users. Um, and then we also spoke about clearly defining some responsibility accountability. Get the IT teams to either take responsibility of the solutions, but the business users will take responsibility of the output of those solutions and the decisions relating to, to them. Uh, and Emil, you mentioned there how some organizations are introducing a, a new sort of person to, to sit in between IT and the business, usually someone maybe coming from an IT background, but has a very good business understanding, that person will represent the, the business in many of these uh, these decisions. Um, good. Is there anything else that uh, I've missed uh, summing all of that up? Maybe just then lastly, the policies and procedures again, as ah, the summary of all of that okay. to dictate how that process will work, who's responsible for what, and uh, at what, of what course, time yeah. they need to perform those activities. Possibly one of the more important ones. If you can clearly define the policies and procedures, that does then become a sort of a standard operating procedure document for the business users. They know exactly what's expected of them, the frequency, um, and, and what under what conditions certain things can be done, which would be sort of a, a great guiding document for a lot of the, the business users. Which is obviously just important of educating the business users yes. on not only the solution, the processes, but the risks that they're responsible for. Yeah, and I think that also just for business to realize that this is not a a quick fix. It is a process, and all the things we discuss now, the policy procedures, the knowledge transfer, all of that is a process. And and um, the business must be aware this is not going to happen overnight. And uh, we discussed, you know, there's some easier uptake and uh, slower uptake. But uh, don't try to think it's going to be, you know, a, a quick process. It, it's a, it's all these items requires time and uh, and some change management, you know, in this process for business yeah. to take that. Yeah, true. Okay, perfect. I think that wraps it up. Emil, Quintus, once again, thank you for for joining us. To everyone listening or watching, thank you, and we look forward to the next one. Okay, cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye.